What is going on, everybody, and welcome to Edge Rush, presented by the Hammer Betting Network. As always on Edge Rush, I am joined with professional sportswear hitman to break down the entire NFL slate for this week. Of course, we are in week 16 of the NFL season. Hitman, how are you? How was your week 15? It was a really good week. Um, props did really well. My sides and totals did pretty decent. So overall, it was a good week. I got to say, I'm really looking forward to this week. And I think that this week might have been the best betting opportunities of the entire season. Now, there's good news and bad news. The good news is, as I said, I think it might have been the best betting opportunity from of the season. The bad news is that a lot of lines have moved. We've seen wicked line movement from Monday's openers. So mm -hmm. there's still going to be some value on the board, I think. But it's definitely more than any other week I can remember that the line movements have just been crazy, whether it's weather or injury, injury related. Yeah, it was something I looked at myself as well when looking at the week 16 slate. I saw some things that I didn't really like. And then next thing I knew, they were gone regardless. So very interested to hear what you have to say on some of these games that moved. And we'll get into that shortly. But before we get into this week's slate of games, we want to remind everybody that over on YouTube, we have a channel called The Hammer HQ. We have a bunch of other football content, including some live shows before NFL primetime games, also during halftime. On Thursdays, we have Andrew Walker and Joey Kanish doing college football. Sundays, we have Rob Pizzola and Fabian Sommer talking NFL football. And Mondays, Rob is back with Eric. If you're enjoying that content, please make sure to look at look us up again at the Hammer HQ on YouTube and give us a like, give us a subscribe, us and subscribe. We'd really appreciate that. But let's get right into it. New York Jets hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars in a very important game for the playoff seeding in the AFC. Expecting some very bad weather at MetLife on Thursday. We'll see how that ends up going on. But right now, the Jets open as a one-point favorite. Line's kind of been moving a little bit, flipped around. Now back to Jets minus one and a half on some injury news for the Jaguars. Hitman, what are you seeing and hearing for this one? Yeah, so it looks like the wind and the temperature isn't going to be that bad. But from what I'm seeing is there's a potential driving rainstorm that is probably going to hit in the late second quarter and, and at halftime or so. And that, that's going to be tough. I mean, rain and snow you can play in and have the passing game not affected that much. But when it becomes lots of snow or it becomes driving rain, that's when you're going to see an effect. So we have seen this total come down a lot mm -hmm. i think that the way to approach this is if the forecast does hold up where you're gonna have the first half is probably going to be maybe some lighter rain maybe you watch the game play out in the first half and you're going to be watching the tele the tv feed when you see that this rain really starts to come down then you could start to pound in some live unders on some props potentially on the um, the full game total and, and all that. So I think that that is a good way to approach this game via live. Now, uh, pre-flop, I think Jacksonville is a decent teaser leg in, in a game with this low of a total and bad weather. Typically, it's going to be tougher for a team to get margin especially a team like the Jets with Zach Wilson that you would theoretically think in this type of weather, all the coaching staff's going to be thinking about is just don't let him screw up mm -hmm. in, in this game. So, and he had so many turnover worthy plays last week 
So I think that the um, Jacksonville in a teaser, worth the look. I'll say that I think the only way you play this game at the moment is under 37, 37 and a half. And I think that there's going to be some pretty good live opportunities as well, where if the total does get away from you, you feel that you might be able to get a, a good look at the total under in, in play, potentially around halftime, as long as the weather forecast stays what it is. Yes, yeah, certainly understand where you're coming from there. Speaking of that line movement, we had an opener of a total at 41 and a half. Now, like Hitman mentioned, down to 37, 37 and a half, depending where you're looking. And uh, Jacksonville in a teaser and some live bets could be a great way to approach that one. So coming up on Thursday night, we'll see how that weather report ends up going down. Moving on to Saturday slate, because we have that Christmas Eve full slate, which I personally love. I can't wait to uh, watch football all day on Saturday this week. The Minnesota Vikings, who also played last Saturday and, of course, had the largest comeback in NFL history, host the New York Giants, who are coming off that huge win for playoff positioning. And they looked pretty solid on Sunday night football. This line opened Minnesota minus four, was sitting really three and a half. Now it's up around four and four and a half, depending where you're looking. Total open 47 and a half. Sitting mostly there, some 48s now. Hitman, how are you viewing this one? Because I personally think Giants getting four and a half. I think there's some value there. Let me ask you a question. Of who, do you, who do you think is the better team between the Vikings and, and Washington? I think that the Vikings, but slightly. Oh, yeah, so I have the Vikings about a point, point and a half better than Washington. I mean, I will say that I am just a little bit uh, not a lot, but just a little bit higher on the Vikings than the market is. But I, I can't get over that last week. The, the Giants are at Washington and this line closed for. And now you're essentially, you have the same line in Minnesota. And let's remember also that Minnesota has a lot stronger of a home field advantage than mm -hmm. Washington does. Washington has one of the worst home fields in the league, and Minnesota has one of the strongest. So, And it's also a game that I really didn't upgrade the Giants that much off of that game, to, to be honest with you. So, you know, I, it, I probably end up passing it, and the reason I do probably end up passing it is because I said it last week when the Vikings played the Colts. If you remember, I said, you know, I have line value on the Vikings, but I just hate betting on them to win by margin because mm -hmm. seemingly all this team does is play one score games. And it's kind of the same thing with this. As much as my numbers do have some slight support towards Minnesota, I probably end up passing because of um, – just me not being in love of laying points and wanting Minnesota to win by margin. But I will say that that is the side that I am would lean towards is the Vikings. Yeah, no, I totally understand. I was definitely not upgrading the Giants because it was more so what the commanders didn't do versus what the Giants did. Of course, that Heineke two fumbles, that fumble six for Thibodeau. I mean, last week I was all over the Giants. There was no way Washington was winning by margin. And I had the Giants um, – at five, and I was very happy to see that number come down to three and a half before kick, then up to four. But no, it should be an interesting game. I just, uh, again, with that long game the Vikings played, them kind of being very fortuitous in a lot of situations, I would certainly personally lean to the Giants with a four and a half, but of course, not loving how the market kind of moved back in the Vikings' favor. But moving on to a matchup where weather is certainly going to be a factor, and all you got to do is look at the total to see that the Cleveland Browns are hosting the New Orleans Saints. And this total already opened very low at 35, but 
that weather in Cleveland on that lake is supposed to be horrible. It's down to 32 and a half, that total. Uh, spread open Cleveland minus three, sitting mostly there. Some minus two and a half, minus 120s out there as well. Hitman, Brown Saints, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'll say this about the Saints-Browns game. I think that it's going to be one of the best live betting and one of the best prop betting games of the year. There's going to be a lot of ways that you can approach this wind. And I'll say this. It, I remember some of the past really bad wind games. And the one that comes into recent memory is that Bills versus the, um, the Patriots game last year. Yeah. And it, it's just, like I said, it's a prop better's dream and it's a live better's dream. So every pro prop better and live better is going to be having this game uh, on their television, I would think. But um, <laughs> as far as pre-flop, I think that the Saints make a good teaser leg uh, a game. I mean, it's the epitome of a long teaser. You know, you're teasing from two and a half to eight and a half on a total. That's 31. So I think that they make a, a pretty good leg in the teaser. I, I And if, if I was to play Cleveland, which I'm not, I would a thousand percent take Cleveland on the money line instead of laying the two and a half. And the reason I feel that way is because I think that it's very likely that you're going to see these teams go for two point conversions. Mm-hmm. Maybe every single time they score, to be honest, there might not be an extra point kicked in this game unless a team absolutely has to and with that happening you're leaving the possibility wide open that Cleveland wins this game by one or two I think the one and two is way more live of a number in this game than it would normally be under under different circumstances so I will say if you like Cleveland play the money line if you like the Saints at two and a half uh, I would tease it up uh, because it's the epitome of a Wong teaser. And um, pay a lot of attention to this game live and pay attention to, to a lot of props is the best advice I could give people wanting to make money on this game. Absolutely agree with you there, Hitman. So have you seen props out for this game yet? Or are you just waiting for the open to then kind of, you know, really go into that under when it, when they come out? You know, it drives me nuts. There are some props out. They literally came up 20 minutes ago. Um, there's some passing props, Andy Dalton, Deshaun Watson, and there's already the lines are getting beat up already. People are giving them out of service plays at DraftKings only. It, it drives me nuts. So, um, yeah, there, there are some lines out and this is going to be a very popular prop game as far as people giving out picks and the market's going to, going to be moving quick. So I will say that if you're looking to make money prop betting wise on this game, you should be paying attention very early because I do believe that a lot of these lines are going to move. Yeah, just did a quick search while you were talking there. Right now, Andy Dalton's passing prop at Caesars as low as 150 and a half. So, yeah, I played I played under 152 and a half at, at the opener. Um, there is so, okay. Yeah, interesting. So that is uh, still sitting there. So 154 and a half still around 152 and a half. So. Uh, as always, line shop, find that. And just uh, another glimpse into like the life of a professional better. Got to be on those lines immediately. So absolutely love those angles for that matchup hit, man. But moving on, Carolina hosting the Detroit Lions. The Lions going off another victory, this time against Zach Wilson and the New York Jets in a uh, pretty ugly game. And Carolina, after they ran the ball down, Seattle's throw two weeks ago. They got beat up by the Steelers last week. They did a great job stopping that ground attack. 
Shout out to you again, Hitman, for being on the Steelers. Plus three last week. That was a no-sweat winner right there. But now, big test for Lions against a good defense. Lions sitting right now. Detroit minus two and a half, minus three. Total open 44, sitting still there, 43 and a half. Talk to me, Hitman. Lions, Panthers, what are you saying? Um, I, I lean towards Detroit. Uh, I will say that going outdoors, I know the Lions have done it against Chicago and won. I know they've done it against the uh, Jets as recently as last week and won. But it's still not a situation that I love having Detroit in. So it probably keeps me away from a play. But with that said, Jared Goff is the most pressure-sensitive quarterback in the entire NFL, and that has been his reputation, even going all the way back to, to when he was with the Rams. And it's been the same thing this season with Goff's pressure splits. And Carolina, they're, they're 24th in pressure rate this season. So it's I don't think that they could take advantage of the, um, the weakness of Detroit's passing game, which is putting pressure on Jared Goff. And this Panthers defense, although they, they have been getting a lot of hype as being better, last week was discouraging. All the rushing yards they allowed, they allowed eight yards per attempt to Mitchell Trubisky. The, they're gonna tr- the Panthers are going to try to run the ball, but the Lions' run defense has been absolutely on fire. So for me, it's um, – lean to the lions, but probably it doesn't end up making my card. Yeah, totally understand that. Definitely a tough matchup that uh, lions offensive line, one of the better units in the league, keeping golf clean. And when he's clean, he does well, but when that pressure comes on, he is just the Jared Goff of old that we know. And the Carolina Panthers, they should be revamped still in that AFC NFC South playoff picture. So can totally see why that game is kind of a pass there. Moving on to another interesting matchup, the New England Patriots who, you know, that Mac Jones meme of him getting pushed into the core of the earth by Chandler Jones. He should never live that one down. Uh, Coming off an ugly loss, of course, to the Las Vegas Raiders. Now hosting the Cincinnati Bengals who just, you know, came out in that second half and did so well against Tampa Bay. Really impressive performance by that team in the second half. Huge matchup. Bengals, of course, trying to secure that AFC North playoff uh, division title. And this line opened at Cincinnati minus three, was sitting three and a half, but now kind of coming back to three, total open 40, ticking up a little bit to 41, 41 and a half. Hitman, Bengals, Patriots, what side are you looking at? You know, you want to know something crazy? You know the Bengals are something like 18 and two against the spread or 17 and three, something like that. It's crazy. In their their last 20 games, yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, last week, everybody's like, oh, well, they covered and they won by margin. But, you know, really was a game that they really didn't deserve to win that game. Or let's maybe not say win, but they definitely didn't deserve to cover by as many as they did. The the Bucks really imploded in that game. And it real with the turnovers, and I think they had something like five turnovers after halftime or something like that. But um, with that said, I, I don't – I think that the line's about right. I think that – it closed three and a half last week when Cincinnati played at Tampa. I think that New England is a really comparable team to, to what Tampa is. So I, I think that the, the, the line is is about spot on. At it, Let's call it 3.25 since there's a lot of minus threes, minus 120s out there. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's pretty spot on. 
Yeah, no, certainly understand that. Uh, Patriots, of course, had some good-looking moments in that game against the Raiders, but again, against a horrible defense. But uh, should be a great matchup there in Foxborough. Moving on to yet another potential horrible weather game, the Chicago Bears hosting the Buffalo Bills. Saw on Twitter today the Bills are leaving for uh, Chicago tomorrow because Friday there's going to be a lot of inclement weather in Buffalo. Of course, this game is in Chicago, which is better, but also not because the weather's also supposed to be bad there. Buffalo coming off that narrow win against Miami, and the Bears played poorly, put up a little bit of a fight, even though that was a backdoor cover against the Eagles last week. Buffalo minus nine. They opened at sitting mostly there and some eight and a half. Total open at 42. It has dropped to around 40 right now. Hitman, Bills, Bears, what are you saying? Stop me if you heard this so far. Another game that we're just going to be talking about the weather. (laughs) So it feels like the theme of this week, uh, very similar to the Browns versus the uh, Saints game that I mentioned. Live betting, great game to live bet. Great game to play some props. You're going to make a lot more money on the live betting and the props that you're going to make worrying about the side in total. But as far as the side in total does go, I bet the under 40 and a half today. I would be very surprised if this line doesn't close lower. And I did bet usually when I have a feeling that a line will close lower, I'll overbet it a little bit because I know that I will have the option in all likelihood that if I desire, I can play back on the over at another point and go for a middle if I do overexpose myself. And this is a game that if, if I'll put it like this, if the current weather forecast stays what it is, would not be surprised to see this total close 38. And the reason that it's still as high as it is, is because this total would have been it would have been a lot higher because it's a Chicago Bears team, which is an over team, and it's going against Buffalo's offense. So mm-hmm. it would have been a lot higher, but you you got to throw out the year long metrics out. You just throw it out when you're talking. The handicap on this game is the wind, and even a guy like Josh Allen is going to be affected. You saw how he was affected against New England. Now that was extreme weather last season, but this is, it's not going to be as bad as that, but it's going to be just a small notch below from from what I'm seeing. And Chicago, obviously they, they have the worst pass catchers in the entire league. And we're likely going to see a ton of running from David Montgomery and Justin Fields in this game. So under 40 and a half, I would bet it now monitor the weather report, but as we're speaking right now on a Wednesday night, I think under 40 and a half is a play that I'm pretty confident will get good closing line value. Yep. Definitely understood the weather, the week, the week of the weather, week 16 of the NFL season, looking like it's going to impact a bunch of games and uh, could be that one. So do some line shopping, find a 40 and a half and look at under, but make sure to monitor those weather reports moving forward. Moving on to an AFC South matchup, the Tennessee Titans coming off that narrow loss against the Chargers, hosting the Houston Texans, who did their best to play spoiler to Patrick Mahomes and co., but they couldn't pull off that win for the second straight week. But some big news from Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill, doubtful, definitely not going to play, and Malik Willis will be starting for the Tennessee Titans, and you can see that from the line movement as well. This open at Tennessee minus seven, and it's down to minus three, three and a half at some shops as well. Total that moved also. 
that was open at 40 and is down to 35 and a half. Expecting a cold game in Tennessee this weekend also. I don't know about the wind and if there will be some rain or whatnot, but it, temperatures will be lower in Tennessee than expected. Hitman, Texans, Titans, is this the game you have on your radar or how are you viewing this one? I'll put it like this. It was a game that I had on my radar, and it was really strange because this game was plus seven, and um, the total was, I believe it was 38. Uh, I'm looking real quick on what I gave out. It was it was 38, yep. So it was seven and 38, and the Tannehill news comes out that a beat reporter says he's very likely out for this game. And I'm looking at the screen and I, I start betting all the Texans I can. And a lot of my accounts, I'm betting all the under 38 that I can. And I'm looking at the screen and the line's not moving like anywhere for minutes after. And I say, like you usually you're not going to send out a breaking news play to your, to, on your service. And the mm-hmm. reason is because the line just moves so quick. If somebody like Patrick Mahomes, for example, gets ruled out, the line's going to be available for 20 seconds. And it's not attainable for nobody. So typically you won't do that. But I'm looking after betting it for a few minutes and the line's literally not moving. I'm thinking like, what's going on? So I do send out the under and plus seven line stayed up for a decent amount of time. And then finally we're starting to see the crash that's happening. It went to six to five and a half to four, and now we're seeing three. Um, it's it's not unprecedented for pro bettors to like one side at a certain number, and then they'll bet the other side at a certain number. And I do think that the Titans in this minus three range now, they're starting to get appealing. Uh, I, I think that the Titan, the Texans are the ideal opponent for the way that the Titans want to play. As far as the Texans don't have the pass catchers to take advantage of the Titans secondary, which has cluster injuries all over. And on the other side of the ball, the Texans are the worst run defense in the entire NFL. And we already got to see a matchup this season with Malik Willis in this run game against the Texans. And you all saw what happened. It was a 17-3 game. Houston got a garbage touchdown at the end. So I'll say this. The Titans at minus three are becoming appealing. Yes, certainly understand that. I mean, uh, of course, the Texans played the Cowboys and the Chiefs very closely, and the Titans have been disappointing in the last couple of weeks, more so that those injuries and those big problems they've had are really rearing their heads. But I certainly agree that this might be a little bit of a overreaction to some of what's happening with Tex with the Texans and with the quarterback change in Tennessee. So uh, I totally can can agree with you there. Is this something that you have pulled the trigger on? Or you're still waiting. Yeah, um, I have a pretty big position on plus seven. Um, I'm probably going to see where where the line goes to. Maybe I'll see. There's some shops you can maybe get a half for a cheaper price, and especially in a low total game, going from three to two and a half is worth a little bit more. So maybe I end up playing a little bit higher vig of a, a two and a half if I could a shop that lets you get get that half a little bit cheap. But it's not something I pulled the trigger on. But I'm considering buying back a little bit of my Houston on uh, Titans minus three or minus two and a half extra juice. Gotcha. It definitely makes some sense there. 
moving on to another game with a this one with a big spread the kansas city chiefs hosting the seattle seahawks again kansas city narrowly escaping the houston texans last week and just another example of that with this chiefs team if patrick mahomes isn't on his a plus game every single week uh i don't know about the chiefs moving forward this season seattle also coming off that thursday night loss to the 49ers who that defense is just really playing lights out seattle needs a win for the playoff picture in the nfc Game open at the Chiefs minus nine and a half and now sitting mostly tens everywhere and the total open at 48, sitting 48 and a half, 49. Hitman, Seahawks, Chiefs, is this game on your radar? I don't got much. Uh, uh, all I'll say is that Kansas City does scare me with the fact that they are just so prone to play down to their competition. So th- that's what scares me about laying points against a very capable quarterback that could get in the back door if needed. But – with that said, it's it's not a game that I have much on my radar. Totally understand that. Moving on to another matchup, the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Atlanta Falcons. Of course, last week we saw Desmond Ritter's NFL starting debut, and it was not a pretty one by any means. Baltimore is still chugging along with Tyler Huntley, and they're coming off that loss on Saturday to the Browns in a very weather-oriented game as well. This opened at Baltimore minus 7.5. And it's sitting mostly there. Definitely some sevens available. Total open at 40 and a half and has quickly dropped to 35 and a half. Hitman, is this a game, again, that's on your radar because of maybe some weather in Baltimore that's not going to be the best? Or do you think that this is really just going about Desmond Ritter and that number just pricing him in now because we've seen him in a game? I feel bad because a lot of games that we're going to talk about on this podcast, I'm going to say, yeah, well, the line had value, but now the value's kind of disappeared. And this is one, this total was just way too high. And it's really not even fully about the weather. The weather is supposed to be less than ideal in this game, but it's not supposed to be anything like the um, the Chicago game or the Cleveland game. Um, it was more about Desmond Ritter did not look good in, in his first start. And now you're facing a Baltimore team that is elite at stopping the run and you're going to make Ritter's going to have to do some stuff through the air. And it's probably unlikely that he has much success. And on the Baltimore side, I think it's very likely that Lamar doesn't play in this game. Um, I'll say this. I strongly lean towards Atlanta, especially if you get a seven and a half, you're getting that hook on a 35 total game. And I don't think the market is fully priced in Lamar not playing. And I would be very surprised if Lamar plays in this game. And, you know, there's even talk that Tyler Huntley is banged up right now. So uh, I'll say, I, I'll let's call it a strong lean. There's still some seven and a halves out there. I'm looking at the screen right now. DraftKings has a seven and a half. South Point win bet. I think uh, a seven and a half on Atlanta. It, I'll even say it's worth a small bet, in my opinion, is Atlanta plus seven and a half. Such a low total game. Baltimore does not have an offense that's going to break away from many opponents. Um, Atlanta, if you could get seven and a half, I think is worth a play. Yeah, I'm seeing some seven and a half myself looking at the screen. I know uh, not your favorite sports book, but points bet is hanging a seven and a half minus. Oh, one. man. Well, that, that that's not even a real line then. What I, what I like to say about them is – it's like a, it's like window shopping. You know, if you're window shopping, you can see what's out there by the window, but you can't go in and you can't buy it. 
that's kind of how points bet treats uh, a lot of people. So, but you could go on. It's, it's mandatory each podcast. I got to get my one shot in a sports book and you got me going, you got me going. That was your mistake, but people want to know the people need to hear what they need to hear, you know? So, uh, definitely understand that and I that was a game too that I wanted to hear from you personally because I saw seven and a half and I was like that seems like way too many points uh but glad that you agree on that it makes me feel better of course and I can totally see why you believe that seven and a half is a strong lean and worth a small bet moving on to the 405 game and I have a very strong opinion on this one the San Francisco 49ers are hosting the Washington Commanders of course, Washington cannot get the job done on Sunday night where they needed that win for playoffs. Yes, there were some questionable calls, this and that. But at the end of the day, when you fumble inside your own 20 and also fumble for a touchdown, you shouldn't be really winning many football games. 49ers took care of the Seahawks. I don't want to say effortlessly, but that defense, man, I don't know how uh, teams are going to cope with that. It is real. Brock Purdy being his game manager self, but we also see they does definitely have limitations as a passer. I want to hear from you first, though, Hitman. Commanders 49ers with a spread of seven, a total of 38. That came down from an opener of 40. What are you thinking here? It's a game I don't I don't have much interest in, to be honest. I'm still not sold on the Brock Purdy stuff. I mean, he – I'm just still not sold on it. He was the last pick in the draft for a reason. I, Shanahan and this team has done a great job making him look better, but his average depth of target is just so low that I think, I just think eventually he's going to have to start making plays down the field more. And you're playing a Washington team that is really, they have a pretty solid defense for sure. So do I want to trust Purdy to win by more than eight or more points? Not really. So for me, this game is a game that I don't have much interest in. Understandably so. I'm personally not looking at the spread, but you best believe that the San Francisco 49ers will be in every single teaser that I have this weekend. I'm a Commanders fan, as as I'm sure you know, if you don't know, reminding you, I was all over the New York Giants last week because I knew my team was not going to perform in that situation. I thought the bye actually hurt them. I thought that the Giants uh, were going to come off that such a downgrade that five points is ridiculous i was on the money line actually sinned and teased them up but this week there's just no way the washington commanders win this 49ers pass rush is going to expose this already terrible washington offensive line and we're not gonna be able to move the football of course we beat the eagles and that was a huge win but that's because we're able to run the football on them you can't run the football in the san francisco 49ers um your thoughts with purdy i definitely agree with but there there is not a universe that i see and this is coming from a fan that there is no way the Washington Commanders win at San Francisco this weekend. So I have that already locked in with the teaser on another game we'll talk about shortly, but that's my thoughts there. But moving on to a should have been an amazing game, but now a quarterback may not play. I think it's leaning toward he is going to be out, which is really screwing my fantasy football hopes this weekend. We have the Dallas Cowboys hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. And of course, Jalen Hurts status is questionable with a shoulder injury. This Open at Dallas minus one, and that was, I guess, before that injury news came out. But now that there is that news, it's shot all the way to five, some four and a halfs now. Total also took a dip from 15 and a half to 47 and a half. I'm interested in your thoughts here, Hitman. Eagles-Cowboys, what are you thinking? So a very interesting game. Uh, let me just bring everybody back to what happened on, was it Monday or Tuesday the Hurts stuff happened? I think it was Monday 
when it happened. So um, some the word went out that Jalen Hurts might have an injury. Um, some of my subscribers, about two hours before Schefter tweeted it, I did send out a play on Dallas minus one and a half and the under 51. Maybe maybe I, I knew something. Maybe I did. Maybe I just got lucky. But maybe I knew something. But um, it, it's definitely it, – it was a game that you saw the line just continue to move. It was one and a half. Then it went to two. It went to two and a half. It got up to three. And I know – that at three, there started to be some buyback where some people that I guess didn't have the information, they started betting Philly plus three because let's be honest, if Hertz plays, that's a ridiculous line. Philly mm-hmm. should not be plus three at Dallas. So it got some buyback. It went to two and a half. Then it went to three. Then it went to four. And then finally, around when it was minus four or something, Schefter sends out the tweet that says, Jalen Hurts is very questionable. For this game. Well, thanks, Schefter. The betting market kind of already told everybody that uh, Jalen Hurts was questionable for this game. But um, with the lines, as they currently are, I know there's some talk that Hurts could play in this game. From what I'm hearing, it uh, I'm, I'd be very, very, very surprised if Hurts does play in this game. So we're going to get Minshew. And I remember when when I was trying to contemplate, well, how much is this line going to move if Hertz doesn't play? I kind of thought the fair was around four and a half ish, and because Minshew is one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league, hundred percent, yeah, for sure. And you know he has a loaded team. Now I will tell you though what probably would keep me off Phil if I didn't have any action on this at all. What ends up keeping me off Philly and what? ends up keeping in my opinion the only way you could play this game is Dallas or the under even at the new lines and the reason is it's because even though Minshew is a really good backup quarterback there's been talk out of Philly that hey you know this game really doesn't mean much whereas the division is essentially locked up it's going to take one more Dallas loss or one more Philly win to lock the division Philly's essentially locked up the one seed and it makes sense that you know you're probably going to see Dallas in the playoffs. You're not going to open up your entire playbook and give them much uh, material on you. So it's a, definitely a game. And Dallas, the same thing. You're likely not going to show Philly everything in your playbook. So I could see a conservative game plan from both these teams running a lot of maybe the B, the B playbook instead of the A playbook. So I think that you could only play the under if you didn't get in earlier and Philly, I think is more inclined to where they would be a little more conservative with this game. And you could see some Philly guys. Listen, I'm not saying that like AJ Browns, I'm not saying they're going to treat it like a preseason game, but I could see just a little bit less usage for some of their top guys, maybe a little bit more defensive line rotation, maybe Dallas Goddard coming back from injury doesn't play the normal snaps that he would play if it was a big game. So even though I think that Minshew is a very capable backup, they got a very good roster. I just don't know Philly's full motivation to, to show much in this game. So I, I could still, even at the new lines, I'm not going to bet it at the new lines, but the, the only way that I would look is towards the under and Dallas. Yeah, no, certainly, certainly see where you're coming from there. Definitely an interesting kind of dynamic. 
Um, it would definitely make sense for Sirianni and that coaching staff to be more conservative, but I don't know if Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore have that uh, intellectual brain power over in Dallas to, to play that chess and not checkers, but should be a hell of a game regardless. And moving on to prime time, it's Saturday night's Christmas Eve football. So excited for that. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers, who again, shout out to you, Hitman, for that great call against the Panthers last week. But now, completely flipped. They are the favorites. They are at home, and they're taking on a Raiders team that had that ridiculous win against the Patriots and that Chandler Jones, man. I just can't get over that image still. This is a matchup. I mean, I initially would think that if this was, again, the Steelers getting points potentially, I think I would definitely lean there. I don't know if I really trust them here, but I'm curious, Hitman, what are you thinking in Raiders-Steelers? I like the Raiders in a teaser. I did like the Raiders plus three. That's went away, but uh, I think the Raiders and a teaser is a good luck. Um, I'll tell you what. I I have the Raiders as the better team by about two points or so. So this line would normally be pick them. Now, I will give the Steelers maybe a point or so for the fact that they're playing this in their home stadium for a really bad weather game. Not really bad weather, but just really cold game. You're playing a team that's from Vegas. That is an advantage to to have them in the elements. But also at the same time, the Raiders are the better running team Mm -hmm. between the two teams. And the Raiders have all their guys back now with Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller coming back, which should really open. I mean, there's not many teams that have a better foursome of skill position players and Jacobs, Adams, Renfro, and Waller. Mm-hmm. And Matt Collins hasn't been terrible for the Raiders either. So I, I have clear power rating value on the Raiders. I understand that the situation and the spot is pro Steelers, but I think that's all it's being over accounted for in the line. And I would lean towards the Raiders plus two and a half, but I think that the way to approach it is the, um, is the teaser. Good old Wong teaser, total of 38 and a half. So, I mean, I could certainly see where you're coming from. Great to see guys like Renfro and Waller back in the lineup. And the Raiders, like you said, that foursome is really scary. Pickett also will definitely be playing for the Steelers on Saturday night in case that wasn't established already. And uh, I don't know, Derek Carr, of course, not the best primetime performer, but maybe the change of day will give the Raiders a little bit of life there. Before we get into the Sunday slate, we have three games left. Just want to remind everybody that if you're looking for more NFL content from us at the hammer. We have a YouTube channel also called forward progress where we have content featuring UFC commentator, John Anik and his twin brother, Jason Anik called Anik squared. We also have a futures competition with the Pat Mayo experience and and many more. We have live TV show content, anytime touchdown shows, favorite TV bets, the pizza buffet with Rob Pizzola on Sunday where Rob looks at the board to see if there's any last minute value left in our flagship show on forward progress with Rob and Clive recapping the previous week and looking ahead to predict opening lines for the upcoming week. Of course, only a few weeks of the NFL season, so make sure you catch all of that on YouTube at Forward NFL. Clicking that subscribe button would also be greatly appreciated. Moving on to a game I'm actually very intrigued in, and there's been some movement here as well. The Miami Dolphins hosting the Green Bay Packers on Sunday. This line opened at Miami minus 5.5, but it's crept all the way down to 3.5 and, and some 4s available. Total has creeped up from 47 to 49 and a half, mostly across the board. Hitman, what do you think of this line moving in this one? Yeah, for this game, I I don't got much, honestly. I think I I make the line four. Green Bay was plus six at the open. It did not last long at all. It's around 
when I make the line, to be honest. I will say that maybe in the prop market, you do get some value on some Miami overs just because they've had, think about it, they had the game at San Francisco where their offense looked like crap. They had the game against the Chargers. It looked like crap. And then they had the bad weather game in, in Buffalo. You would think that this is the spot that they would bounce back. And I know that Green Bay is one of the blitz heaviest teams in the league. And Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell have a ridiculous uh, target share when teams do blitz them. And Waddell also has a really good target share against zone, which is what Green Bay plays a lot, a lot of zone blitzing. So from the side in total, don't got much. The, and again, the over also had value, but it, it got hit really early. Not much value left, I think, side or total. But I think that you might be able to find some value in the prop market, whether it's Miami passing overs and a bounce back spot or, or potentially some Christian Watson receiving mm-hmm. overs because it seems to me like Rodgers might want to get Christian Watson that rookie of the year. Uh, you, I don't know if you caught it, but at the end of that Rams game against the um, uh, Monday Night Football, Rodgers twice tried to get Christian Watson a touchdown when there was no reason for them to be throwing at that point of the game. So probably a game I just pay more attention to in the prop market. Totally understandable. Christian Watson, the rookie, uh, started off slow with some injuries, but is looking like the player the Packers need him to be, that clear-cut number one wide receiver. So very interesting game happening in Miami. Moving on, Christmas football, Los Angeles Rams hosting the Denver Broncos. By far the worst game on the slate, I think, this weekend. And uh, the Rams opened as one-point favorites, but now it's completely gone to the Broncos. They're sitting at two-and-a-half-point favorites. Low total as expected, 36-and-a-half, which was actually a tick up from the open of 35. Broncos-Rams, this is a prop game, or you want to bet this one, or this is something you want nothing to do with? If you're playing the game, uh, tease the Rams. Uh, Denver's not a team that gets much margin. I know they somehow got margin in that Arizona game last week, but if you're playing the game, I would do a teaser. But other than that, don't got much. Certainly understand that. And last but not least, but certainly, again, not necessarily a marquee game, but a huge game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they head to Arizona to take on the Cardinals, who just announced that Colton McCoy is actually ruled out for this one. And I am not sure off the top of my head who their number three quarterback and starter will be. And that's obviously been baked into the line as it opened at Tampa Bay, minus four and a half, total open at 41, all the way up to seven and a half point favorites of Buccaneers, even an eight out there. The Cardinals, uh, excuse me, this total open at 41, down to 39 and a half. Hitman, you ending strong with any leans on Bucks Cardinals or just something you don't want any part of? My numbers actually have value on the Cardinals with Trace McSorley. I, this line, to me, based off my numbers, it's essentially saying that the Cardinals are the worst team in the league. I can't get that far because you do have weapons, Hollywood Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, James Conner. Um, but um, I'm not I'm not trying to ruin my Christmas. You know, Christmas night, <laughs> Christmas night, I want to be in a good mood. You know, I'll be with some family and everything. I'll probably – I'll be working, but I'll be working from my phone, not on the computer. Uh, I, I don't want to ruin my Christmas by betting on Trace McSorley. So <laughs> well, I'm just going to end up passing the game. Even yeah. though I have value on Arizona, I'm not I'm not doing it. Yeah, understandable where the value with Arizona comes, especially at over a touchdown dogs at home. But this is the second leg of my teaser. I have the 49ers and the Buccaneers teased down to 
uh, 49ers minus one in Tampa Bay. I got them when they were six. So PK, uh, obviously it seemed very square just saying that the Buccaneers, you know, they need the win. I think everybody's been backing them the last couple of weeks thinking they're finally going to flip a switch. That obviously does not exist, but I find it hard pressed to see this Buccaneers team losing to the Cardinals. But as we've seen this NFL season, anything is possible. Moving on, we have Monday Night Football, the Indianapolis Colts facing off with the Los Angeles Chargers, the Colts are at home, and we saw what happened to the Colts last week. They blew the largest lead in NFL history. Uh, Jeff Saturday certainly better not be getting any head coaching extensions. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts are five-point or four-and-a-half-point home dogs, depending on where you're looking. The total open at 48-and-a-half and is down to 45-and-a-half, 46. Monday Night Football to end off Week 16. Colts Chargers, what are you seeing here, Hitman? Um, it's funny. I should have just let you go and we, we didn't do this game because yeah, it's not much. I mean, Nick Foles is going to start for the Colts. I didn't make really any upgrade or downgrade. Uh, you, you know what? Now that I'm saying it, no, it is a downgrade. And the reason it's a downgrade is because I saw the reports that came out today that Nick Foles hasn't even worked in practice with the, the first team at all because I, I forgot the exact reason what I forgot the exact reason what it was, but during training camp, he got very little work in and during the season, he's got very little work in. So like even Foles was kind of saying like, yeah, it's a little bit of a disadvantage. What's going on with this, with the lack of time that I've had. So, because I believe it, it might've been because Ellinger was the backup or, or something along those lines. I don't remember the exact reason, but I thought it was a downgrade. I, I don't have any interest in the Colts. Probably ends up being a pass for me. Yeah, understandably so. A ugly game to end the Week 16 slate, but uh, all the games have to be played. A huge win needed for the Chargers against the Colts, so we'll see if they are able to come out and win by margin on the road. And it would actually be the first time in Justin Herbert's career he has surpassed 500 mark as a starting quarterback just kind of crazy to believe with how talented he is but of course the Chargers have had their issues over the past couple of seasons but now that is going to do it for edge rush week 16 of the nfl if you like what you see you can find hitman and i on twitter you can find myself at slime action hitman at hitman 428 you could also follow us at the hammer hq on twitter and youtube again rates comments and reviews are the best way to get help us grow as a podcast we appreciate everyone Thank you very much, and best of luck on your bets this weekend.